Thanks for waking up with WKOK Sunrise on News Radio 1070 WKOK and WKOK.com. Thank you so much for joining us here on WKOK Sunrise. Super duper glad to see you on the radio. Guess who's gluing all the pieces uh, together? That is uh, Mr. Rob Center on the other side of the glass. We very much appreciate all his help and uh, hard work. On the news line with us now, movie Mike McGranahan is here, professional movie critic, women in cinema advocate, and author. Uh, he's got a review of three films. One, two, three, four. Nope, that would be four new films. Good morning, sir. Thanks for checking in today. Good morning. I do appreciate that. Okay, well, let's, let's uh, knock these down one by one. Let's start out with Vanguard. Tell us about that. Yeah. Uh, Vanguard opens in theaters nationwide today, and this is the new movie starring Jackie Chan, the legendary Chinese action star. And in this one, he plays the CEO of a private security company who is hired to protect an accountant who's being pursued by a Middle Eastern militia and the guy's conservationist daughter who's being pursued by an angry poacher. And Jackie Chan assembles a team of younger agents to help protect them. Now, the key word in all of this is younger. Jackie Chan, of course, grew famous for doing his own stunts and really outrageous things on screen. He's older now. Uh, he's had some injuries over the years. He can't do that. And so he really turns the bulk of the action over to his younger co-stars here uh, who have the moves but not the same charisma that he does. And so that kind of takes a little bit of the fun away from it, seeing Jackie Chan sidelined in his own movie. Uh, the movie's also felled by some really atrocious CGI work. There's a car chase scene in this movie where the cars are obviously fake. Uh, so this movie is trying to recapture the vibe of old-school Jackie Chan movies like Rumble in the Bronx or Super Cop, but really missing the mark by a mile. Uh, so Vanguard, big disappointment, one and a half stars on that one. Oh, okay. I saw the trailer. It looked pretty interesting. I was a big fan of the Jackie Chan movies back in the day, so this one not quite up to that standard. Yeah, I love Jackie Chan. I, I absorbed all of his earlier films and just really loved them. So this is a disappointment. It's just... Uh, it's too much CGI, not enough actual stunts, not enough actual Jackie Chan. Okay, so designed to fill up the box office. And how can we see this particular film? Uh, that's playing in theaters locally. That is the big new release of the weekend. In movies. Okay, so that's where you'll see Vanguard. 1.5, uh, we'll call it uh, fake Hummers that you can see in the trailer. All right, uh, Hillbilly Elegy. Haven't heard much about that film. Tell us about that. That is going to debut on Netflix on Tuesday. It's had a limited theatrical run. This is a new movie from Ron Howard based on the popular memoir by J.D. Vance. And uh, Amy Adams plays a mother who is drug addicted and kind of abusive sometimes towards her young son. Glenn Close plays her mother who tries to keep the boy on the right path. And the film kind of goes back and forth between this guy's life when he was a kid dealing with this mother who was uh, using substances and bringing a lot of different men in the house, and then him as an adult as his mother overdoses, and he's got to decide whether to uh, risk not getting a job that he wants in order to go and take care of her. So uh, this is one of those movies that was directed by Ron Howard. I love Ron Howard as a filmmaker, but he was probably the wrong choice to direct this film because it's a nice, safe movie about subjects that are not nice and should never feel safe. This movie just never gets as gritty as it needs to. Even in the darkest scenes, there's a sense of optimism in it uh, that really is out of place. Glenn Close and Amy Adams are good, but uh, Hillbilly Elegy, just not really what it should be. Felt like it maybe would be an Oscar player at first, but uh, aside from maybe from Glenn Close, it's really not. So two stars for Hillbilly Elegy, and uh, that'll be on Netflix on Tuesday.
Well, and I'm just uh, surprised to hear anybody would cast Glenn Close as somebody whose job is it to truly glue a family back together again. She's really good. It's interesting because she has this this bizarre look, these oversized glasses and this hairstyle that looks like the character achieved it by sticking her finger in an electrical outlet. <laughs> and uh, you think that she's overdoing it until they get to the end credits when they show a video of the actual woman. And you realize Glenn Close nailed her. So it, oh, okay. it's really an amazing performance from her, although it, you have to realize that she is actually playing somebody who was larger than life for real. In, a, in that particular family and, and for those individuals. Okay. So Hillbilly Elegy, El, Elegy 2 uh, Electrical Sockets, we'll give it that. Belushi is finally out. We certainly have heard a lot about this film over the years. Tell us about that. This is a new documentary that debuts on Showtime this weekend about John Belushi. I gotta say, Belushi was the first celebrity death to really hit me. I was 13, or almost 13, when he died uh, in the 80s, and uh, I was already a huge fan thanks to Animal House and the Blues Brothers, which my parents let me see way too early. And um, the director takes a very interesting approach here. There are no on-camera interviews. It's all accomplished through pictures and archival footage. But then over top of that, he uses previously unheard audio recordings from people who knew John Belushi the best, his wife Judy, his partner Dan Aykroyd, Saturday Night Live cast members, people he worked with in movies, family members. And I thought I knew everything there was to know about John Belushi. I've read books about him. I've seen TV specials about him. And yet this movie also utilizes his letters to his wife and his personal diaries, which are read by Bill Hader, another Saturday Night Live comedian. And that really shows you John Belushi, the man, not the comedy legend, not the Saturday Night Live star, not the Animal House star, but John Belushi, the guy who had a very complicated relationship with fame. On one hand, he loved the spotlight. On the other hand, he realized that being a comedy superstar was going to be his downfall. And uh, this movie is really incredibly enlightening for anybody who likes John Belushi or is interested in him. So that is a four-star film, Belushi debuting on the Showtime cable network this weekend. Oh, super. Okay, four stars. Well, and, and the Belushi legacy is growing. You know, I, I think we probably went through a 10-year period after his death where you didn't hear that much about him. But now, the legacy and the wife and the brother, it, it seems to be growing. Yeah, he really is living on, and I think new generations of people discover his work all the time, Animal House and the Blues Brothers. So, uh, John Belushi left an incredible body of work behind. It was short. You know, there wasn't a lot to it film-wise. There was a lot TV-wise, obviously, from SNL. But, uh, yeah, I think his work will continue to live on in popularity. Okay. Now we get the review of Fat Man. Tell us about that. <laughs> yeah, this movie has been in limited release in theaters for about a week and a half, and it will be on demand on Tuesday of next week. And this stars Mel Gibson as Santa Claus. And uh, Santa has kind of an unusual problem, which is that more and more children in the world are being naughty, and so... There are not as many gifts to give out. So in order to keep the North Pole alive, he takes a military contract to manufacture parts for military planes, uh, kind of against his will, and the elves aren't entirely happy about it. But that's actually the least of his problems. There was a very angry kid, rich kid, who got coal last year, and he's hired an assassin, played by Walton Goggins, to go and kill Santa Claus. So this movie is like six different kinds of crazy. There's all this bizarre stuff going on. And uh, I have to admit, I kind of liked it, and I largely liked it for Walton Goggins, uh, an always reliable actor who is so funny playing this malicious, evil guy. 
and uh, he just really gives the movie a kick. So Fat Man, uh, a little disjointed in balancing its two storylines, but we're seeing for Walton Goggins, who is hysterical. So three stars for that one. And where do I see Fat Man? That will be available on demand starting Tuesday next week, right in time for the holidays. Next. And this is rated R. This is not a, not a holiday movie that you want to watch with your kids. This is not a feel-good holiday movie. <laughs> uh, this is dark and violent and nasty at times. Okay. So be prepared. But if you like that kind of thing, it's kind of crazy funny in an interesting way. One funny line in the trailer is, uh, you're not the first person to try to get Santa Claus. Or I think the first right. person to try to kill Santa Claus. So, okay, well, yeah, unfortunately, nobody will ever be able to kill Santa Claus. So that works out. Okay, so uh, that is uh, Fat Man, Three Stars, Video On Demand. Uh, Belushi is out and about, and that is Four Stars, and that's on Showtime. Hillbilly Elegy, will it, where is that to be seen? On Netflix starting Tuesday. Uh -huh. Okay. Entertainment news. What is uh, cooking in the world these days, entertainment-wise? Well, we always talk about what's new with the movies, and since we're talking about streaming, too, there's been a lot of talk about what would happen to Wonder Woman 1984. Of course, it was supposed to come out this summer, and it got bumped because of the coronavirus. It was going to come out in October. It got bumped from there. It was going to come out at Christmas time. Well, the new development is that Wonder Woman 1984 will be debuting in theaters on Christmas Day as planned. But if you don't feel safe enough going to theaters yet, it will debut the same day on HBO Max. So you'll be able to see this movie either in the theater or at home on streaming if you are an HBO Max subscriber. What do you think about that? Tell me about the dynamics at play here. It's such an unusual time, but I think that this is the kind of thing that could really help movie theaters. Because if they had just sent it to HBO Max, that would be crushing for the nation's cinemas, which are really in dire need of a big A-list movie to play. At the same time, what we saw from Tenet is if you release a big A-list movie, there's just absolutely zero opportunity that it's going to make 200 or $300 million right now, as these films need to do to be profitable. So by doing this, they can drive subscribers to HBO Max, which is owned by Warner Brothers, which is putting out Wonder Woman, so the money's all staying in the family, but they can also put it in theaters, and people who want to go see it on the big screen can go, and that'll be some high-profile product for theaters to show. So I think this is the right choice for this particular moment in time. All right, well, and it's going to be high demand, so you wouldn't be surprised if this really has a big draw at the theaters. It would make perfect sense. Yeah, it, you know, it depends on whether or not people feel safe enough in six weeks going back to a movie theater. Obviously, the coronavirus numbers are rising, so we'll see. But it will definitely be something that will get people thinking about going back. And I'm sure a percentage of those people will go back uh, just to see this particular film. Of course, and all of this is just planned at this time. Who knows where we're headed here in the days and weeks ahead in terms of what you can and uh, cannot do. So we'll pay attention to that. Uh, you tweeted this week about Super Awards. What's that all about? Yeah, the nominees for the first-ever Critics' Choice Super Awards were announced yesterday. This is a new award show from the Critics' Choice Association, of which I'm a member, and it's designed to award quality filmmaking and performances in genres that don't typically get a lot of love at award shows. There's a category for science fiction, a category for horror, a category for movies based on superheroes and video games. Uh, and so it's just kind of something more to target uh, movies that, that are popular as opposed to generally considered to be awards bait. So I'm pretty excited about that. And uh, the show will air on the CW Network on Sunday, January 10th at 8 p.m., hosted by filmmaker Kevin Smith. 
Oh, okay. And your reaction to this? Did you like the idea of the Super Awards? I like the idea a lot. You know, we, we are nominating movies and performances that typically would be left out of the awards conversation. For example, you know I'm a big horror movie fan. We have a category for best horror movie. Freaky is nominated, The Invisible Man. So these are movies that you're not going to necessarily see nominated at the Oscars, but they're good and they're quality and they deserve to have some kind of recognition, and that's what we're attempting to do with the Super Awards. So I'm all in favor of it. All right, fabulous. Well, thank you so much, Movie Mike. Thanks for checking in today. Thank you. Have a great Thanksgiving. Thank you, Movie Mike McGrath. Oh, we we won't talk to you next week, so we'll see you in uh, December, on the 3rd of December. Thank you so much, sir, Movie Mike uh, McGranahan, uh, on our Black Friday. We'll just have a one-minute review uh, from uh, Movie Mike McGranahan next week. His appearance is always sponsored by the Campus Theater, Lewisburg. Mm -hmm.